This is Paul Robb from Information Society. I want to know what you're feeling. Tell me what's on your mind. And you're listening to the New Wave Music Podcast. Welcome back to the New Wave Music Podcast. As always, this is Steve, and I'm usually joined by our co-host, T-Bone. However, he's on assignment and unable to make it. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by an outstanding artist whose band I've been a fan of forever. They're behind such hits as Only a Lad. Weird Science. And the mega hit Dead Man's Party. I was hit by something last course i'm talking about oingo boingo today i'm joined by the man the myth the legend mr johnny vatos johnny thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on the new wave music podcast all right well thank you very much thanks for having me you know it's uh it's uh, a first strain and a first time for uh oingo boingo podcast so johnny you've been involved with oingo boingo since the days of the mystic nights of the oingo boingo through sure. when the band changed to Oingo Boingo and even towards the end when you guys dropped the Oingo and just went with Boingo. How did you get started as a musician and how did you end up joining the band? Well, you know, I, uh, I've been playing since I was in eighth grade and um, my mom told me one time, she goes, look, if, uh, if you're just going to be a rock and roll drummer, you're going to have to get a job. If you're going to be a jazz drummer. You're just going to have to get a job and play jazz. But if you play all kinds of music, you'll never have to get a job because you'll always be working. So I took her advice. And when I got to high school, I played in orchestra. I played in Dixieland band. I played in marching band. I played in all this stuff, you know, and the orchestra. So I had a taste of everything. And uh, I went on my first world tour to Vietnam <laughs> on a USO tour when I was 17 years old. And I've been playing in the business ever since, doing like, you know, back before I was in the, the Mystic Nights, I was doing TV shows and I was the Midnight Special, Don Kirsten's Raw Concert, played with Helen Reddy. I had, the 70s are my pop years <laughs> when I was doing TV shows and pop years. I got I got to play on The Tonight Show, you know, so that was a dream come true in the 70s, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I um, I got called toward the late 70s. Uh, I, I was working with Steve Bartek, and uh, Steve and I played together. He I've subbed with uh, Don Ellis Big Band. He was with Don Ellis Big Band. We were kind of like local uh, heavyweight guys, and he hired me to do a movie date, and it was The Forbidden Zone. 
that was the first time I'd ever met Danny. So I, I got to play on the Forbidden Zone movie. And then uh, about six weeks later, they heard me playing at um, uh, with Tony Basil, the Lockers Dancers, and a couple of the guys from Devo. We did this huge show four Fridays in a row at the Fox Venice Theater. They came to every show. And at the end of the run, they go, boy, we'd like to have a drummer like that in our band. So they asked me and I go, yeah, I'd love to do it. Like, like in 78 or 77, 78 around there. I said, yeah, I'd love to do it. And they said, oh, but by the way, it's not rock and roll. Like we have outfit changes and we wear costumes and we just, and I, and I thought now that's great. That's exactly what I want. Vaudeville, you know, I mean, yeah, I'm ready, man. I'm ready. So we had, um, my audition was like, uh, can you play uh, Avalon? You know, da, 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 except we play it like really fast. Okay, one, two, one, do, 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 you know, like, like cartoony fast. I mean, fast. I had to ask my friend Jay Canna at the drum shop, hey, how, how could you play so fast? I heard him play with a Woody Herman big band, and he goes, do this. I go, okay, I got it, got it. So I got the gig. And so he goes, oh, and by the way, you're going to have to play that fast, and you're going to be wearing a monkey suit. <laughs> so it was, it was really, really fun. The Mystic Knights was absolutely uh, great fun and you know Danny was always writing and uh, he had a girl vocalist back then and uh, you know it was crazy crazy antics time yeah man so that's how I kind of fell into it but I've been playing all my life and um, I enjoy playing all kinds of stuff you know so Oingo Boingo has been one of those bands that has that's always had a huge following in California I'm located in Salt Lake City I dare say Salt Lake has also been a huge Boingo town the band seems to always find success here. You guys were huge back in the late 80s, 90s here in Salt Lake. I always enjoyed the night before your gigs here. You guys seem to take over the local new wave radio station for the night and share some stories, reflect on some behind the scenes. That was always a highlight. You guys even also opened up and played the, uh, the, uh, the new NBA arena that we had in the 90s. Yeah, the, the very Delta first band Center. to do so, the Delta Center. Were, were there places that you were surprised to find out how much of the band had a following in? Um, yeah, yeah, I, I did. And that was an interesting pocket because, uh, this so a really famous family that grew up in Salt Lake, the Fowlers, the Fowler brothers, Dr. Fowler, he taught music and he had a bunch of great, uh, great sons that play, played with Frank Zappa and Billy Cobham and all that stuff. Bruce Fowler, uh, Walt Fowler, all the Fowler brothers, they're all from Salt Lake. And so when they came here to, to L.A., we were playing in some jazz fusion and I was playing original music with them. And th they were the ones that said, yeah, there's two kinds of people in Salt Lake. They're they're Mormons and then they're hippies, you know. <laughs> and, and so sure enough, it was just surprising how many cool hippies and how many cool Mormons there were. You know, they were, they were just like Looney Tunes. It was it was really really a fun town. We're going to be playing there uh, next month, December 9th and tenth at Liquid Joe's. It's a great club, and we get to be there for two nights. And it's a it's 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 a great intimate way to see such a powerful band. And it's we 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 don't have an opening act, so we do two long sets. 
and we take we take a break in the middle of it and uh it's really fun man it's a really a fun time so it's like a, getting a, two shows at once and yeah salt lake is one, one of our our favorite cities and one of mine i uh, my friend the cardonas family cardonas they run the you know the red iguana and uh, my friend ramon god bless you you're you're listening to me right now uh yeah, he's uh, he's passed on, but uh, he always made it such a beautiful, beautiful situation, you know. And uh, opening the Delta Center was really great, and you know, staying at the famous Creepy Hotel was really good too. <laughs> you know, the Creepy Hotel down there where, where they are, where they are, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep, the Creepy Hotel. One more quick question on Boingo before we move on to former members. Do you have a did you have a favorite Oingo Boingo song that you recorded or that you enjoyed to play live? Uh no, no. You know, I'm uh I'm kind of a jaded character and I really I, I fall in love with uh, you know, I, I I live through every song that we play, I, I live, you know, it's in my DNA and I, I remember its inception. I remember when we took it apart, when we yelled about it, you know. And it's all coming to life to me, you know. It's it's just everything has a certain life to it, and and there are so many great tunes to play. And Danny kind of sealed the fate for our next topic, which is Wingo Boingo former members, because every time we did an album, we would only have six weeks to tour, and so six weeks means you go through a big town once. And if you want to, and people go, oh my God, they were in town. When are they coming come again? Or you, in three months, you show up and do it again. And then everybody gets a ticket. And by the third time, you sell out everywhere. That's the routine. But we only had six weeks. So we only did it once. Then we'd go back to the studio or go back and, and write new music. And so I never got tired of playing it. And the band did never, never did either. So it's like, it's still really fresh. It's still very exciting. And yeah, I, I wish we could play more deep cuts. That's my wish. I, I wish for the, there were enough fans that would go, you know, you know, yeah, we, we could do a half hour of the greatest hits, but we could also do two hours of just some of the most incredible music that, you know, uh, you know, Danny's quite the composer. He's a cultural phenomenon. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people uh, would would write a great body of music like he did with Oingo Boingo, and then retire and tell people how great they are. And he just said, "Hey, I don't want to. Okay, enough for that. I'm on to this." And he never looked back. He hasn't looked back, and uh, he's pretty much conquered every genre of music you can conquer you know even scarier stuff that i that i want to be involved in you know i mean the guy's like out of his mind he scared me we, we, we were there were a music there was a uh i was at ucla and david newman was there and my son was playing in the orchestra and they were doing a tribute to to, to his music so after the show i he, he, he didn't say much but he walks up to me he goes I go, what? He goes, I'm doing three movies at once. And I went, oh. And he knew what it would do to me. I just walk. I just step back like, oh, my God, I can't even say a thing to this guy. I might throw his throw his whole thought process in a whole nother direction. 
It's like when a pitcher's pitching a no-hitter. You know, no one wants to talk to him. So I'm sitting there going, it's like having three chess games going on at once, you know. You know, it's just so insane. So his brain has conquered and and is and is, you know, he's such a great film composer. And that's just that's just like writing for Oingo Boingo to him. You know, because it's, you know, it's 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 someone else setting uh, the, you know, it's a storyline and blah blah blah, and you make it work, and you know, and you and you're subject to the uh, the the director and all that kind of stuff, but still, he's taken me and all my sensory perceptions and all my enjoyment that I thoroughly enjoy, and that's into classical music, which there are no holes. There are no boundaries. There's nothing. You just sit down, buddy. What do you got to say, buddy? What are you going to do, boy? You know, and and sure enough, you know, his violin concerto would left me speechless. His percussion concerto is the best percussion concerto. Concerto. I could. It's like if I, I could die now after hearing the, the best percussion concerto I could ever imagine in my life. I need to. I need to hear it about. 15 more times before I can understand it. And uh, he has a new cello concerto and, uh, and they're just brilliant, you know, because he's, he's irreverent with music. He, he has all the technical understanding of musicians and what they like to play. You know, he, you know, he wrote stuff for Boingo that I like to play, you know, and he was like, well, I heard him talk. You know, he always had those conversations with Steve. Well, is John going to want to play that? Yeah, John will play that. You know, sure, of course. You know, and he's so he knows he knows from the heart and soul of of the musician to to the irreverent extremes that he can have in in certain genres. You know that that are just amazing, man. It's it's and and you know I, I more power. Yeah, yeah. I'm, you know I'm. I'm glad I was there. At, I was the drummer at the moment, and uh, that was that's good. That's great. I think it's wonderful. So, as the Blues Brothers said, you were getting the band back together um, after Boingo broke up. Yeah, you kind of reformed as I believe it was Oingo Boingo Dance Party. After some time, you revised the name to Oingo Boingo Former Members. What led to the change of the name? Well, the change of the name was, you know, Danny wasn't excited that we were playing again, and so I. When I first did the show, it was Johnny Vato's tribute to Halloween, music of Oingo Boingo. So, so gradually, as people wanted to book the band, they kept saying, well, we can't call it that. Nobody will show up. Can we just say Oingo Boingo? And I go, no, you can't say that. That's Danny's name, and he's, you know, he owns it. And so I would, I would have to go back and forth with Danny and lawyers and see if, okay, well, can I use, can I say Boingo Dance Party? They said, oh, okay. So the lawyers and everybody said that that was okay. And then I said, can I say uh, uh, Oingo Boingo dance party? Well, no. Well, that's not good. That's not good. So Danny says, why don't you just call yourself former members of Oingo Boingo? Because that's what you are. And I said, Danny, that's a great idea. Exactly. That's what I'm going to call it. You know, Oingo Boingo former members. One size, one same size, same font. That's the rules. So if you ever want to put it up on a sign, you have my permission. Same size, same font, 
Oingo Boingo former members. So that way, you know, it, 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 it got us more bookings because people understood that, oh, my gosh, that that is Johnny Vatos and Steve Bartek and John Avila and Carl Graves and Sluggo Phipps. I mean, that's all the guys. That's five of the original guys in the band, and they're playing their butts off. It still sounds good. They've got Brendan McCrary, a great lead singer, sings like a bird, jumps around. He's absolutely amazing. You have to check out the YouTube. It's just, you know, we even have some great 3D YouTube and, and 360 of uh, stuff from our, co- our Coach House show that we just recently played. Uh, Jimmy Gilberti, really great, great director uh, into the whole virtual space thing uh was there at our show and uh videoed the show so uh, that when we recorded we've been recording a, we recorded a live album there so john avila and i are, are right now we're working on it so that's awesome. it's it's exciting yeah and and they sound great the tracks i'm like whoa that's i know we sounded great but i didn't forgot we sounded that great well your description of the band does say the band is on fire and that is so true this is the yeah. heart and soul of Oingo Boingo. Uh, recently, I had the opportunity to do, to do an Oingo Boingo panel at a, at a Comic-Con this fall. A lot of the crowd was shocked and thrilled to find out that the, that the band is still around as former members. Currently, the reference song that I've been telling them to listen to or to play so they can hear Brandon's vocals was this, the song he did for the, the song, uh, the, this game's called Murder. You know the name of the game. You know how this is played. As it definitely does have a Boingo vibe, I believe that's also because I think Steve and John were involved with, with that song as well. Sure. But yeah, you did mention another part that makes this band work so well is Brendan's vocals and his energy. How did Brendan yeah. come to, to join the band? Oh, okay. So this is a, this is a cute story. Also, um, I was I was at a uh, I was at a Earth Day celebration in in the right right museum and the right property in Malibu. And John Densmore and all these different people were there. And this kid once wanted to meet me. And my daughter, Rio, says, this new guy that's a young film composer wants to meet you. And his name's Bear McCrary. And so, sure enough, Bear McCrary, I got to meet. This is Johnny Vato's Bear. Hi, Bear. How are you? He goes, I'm a big fan, blah, blah, blah. Okay, great, great. Nice, nice, nice. I go, what are you doing, Bear? He goes, well, I'm going to school. I'm studying film composing at uh, at, uh, uh, USC. I said, oh, great. And uh, so he he has the guts to go, you know, I'm looking for a drummer. You know, I know you're really busy, but if you know anybody that, you know, that might want to play, you know, I write and do some stuff. And I said, okay, I'll do it. And he was like, whoa, what? I said, yeah, I'll do it. So I would drag my drums down to uh, UC, USC there in the, in the, on the fire lane and drop my, you know, we rehearsed maybe four or five times and it was hard music. He wrote it all out. It was really fun. Brendan was singing. Uh, his now wife, Rhea, was singing also. And so right about that time, I, it was like 2005. And I go, you know, I'm going to put I'm going to put the put the band back together and I need to find a singer. 
And Brendan goes, oh, I know all those songs. And Bear goes, oh, I do too. So yeah, we grew up on them. We, we love all those songs. Brendan knows all the songs. And, and Bear can play them all on accordion. You know, and so we did our first show and it, and and Bear wrote string arrangements and we had a, it was a great, great, fun show. <laughs> but at first, the band didn't want to play all the hits. So that was a whole other thing, too. I had to get the, it took me a couple of three years to get the band on board with how it all worked. <laughs> But we enjoyed playing together and we enjoyed playing the music. And now we, we all have a great time. And, you know, people, the, the fans are so nice and they're they're getting younger. You know, we're getting older, I guess. Yeah, we are getting older and they're getting younger because, you know, there's a lot of 20 year olds, and a lot of young kids there. High school kids are trying are trying to show up. I would love to do a high high school shows. I would love to do that because the band is so intense. It's like, imagine when you were in high school and you saw an, something, a musically intense thing at a school that hit you from the side of the head. Like, what was that? You know, and, and that, that happens. Every, 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 every high school kid needs to have that. For me, it was the Trinidad Steel Band. They showed up at my high school out of the blue from Trinidad. And 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 it was my senior year, and they they knew I was the the music star, and I ditched the whole day and watched all three uh, all three performances <laughs> and sat there. And even though I should have been in class, the principal just yelled, "All right, Johnny, you're good. I know you're a musician." So every every yeah, it would be great. And Boingo used to love playing high school shows. Can you tell us who else is currently in former members and what their role is? Oh yeah, Mike Glendening is Mike the Spike, and uh, he's my he's my right hand man in the band. You know, he, he sings really. You know, he's an excellent backup singer, and he's and he's and he's got the rhythm in the pocket, and he helps me. You know, he helps me lock in the band. You know, and so that's Mike the Spike, and then there's Brian Schwartz on trumpet. Brian's an incredible jazz trumpet player an incredible player you know like second generation brass player already he has his own orchestra called the Schwarzestra and they're they're they play jazz and he's a great arranger and he plays with uh, uh, all kinds of great uh local jazz heroes you know uh the monk orchestra to be one i i had to go i went and saw him at the hollywood bowl <laughs> over the summer and uh, then there's Freddie, my son, of course. Freddie plays. Freddie plays our local shows when we play clubs. And Freddie, um, Freddie, of course, grew up with listening to Oingo Boingo in the womb. Mom had to had to walk away from the stage because Freddie would be like pushing on her on her on her tummy just to calm him down. And I remember him when he was like about maybe three three years old, dragging Oingo Boingo albums from his little 45, 33 RPM record player that we let him have. And so one day, uh, John Avila had to go off and be famous, you know, and he, like, like Neil Young or, you know, 
some <laughs> share whatever you know he he just had to go ozo motley or he had to be had to go be more famous <laughs> so so i said okay freddie are you ready to play and he goes yeah I, I said freddie do you know the tunes he goes do i know the tunes sure and literally i counted out the songs he knew them all he knew all the songs and so uh he, he subs for john and uh and and freddie's an amazing player he he does orchestra gigs he's he studied with a couple of guys from the la philharmonic and he's on orchestra call he does string sessions uh for studios and stuff and and we had the classic last thanksgiving the classic moment we're watching this great movie on netflix called uh uh lou and it's great 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 film anyway um the lady from mama the the actress She's brilliant in it. Just brilliant. I've seen it twice. I'll watch it again. And uh, so we were talking about it Thanksgiving. My son goes, oh, yeah, I played on that. And we're like, hey, it's like a Hollywood minute. Hey, what are you doing? You're supposed to tell us when you're playing. What's wrong with you? You know, we were all excited for him. So, yeah. So Freddie's Freddie's alive and doing all that stuff, you know. And it's... Um, Paul Graves is is uh he's like my grounding cord, you know. He's always always real calm and has beautiful voice and you know, he's just a great man and so wonderful. Steve Bartek's just he's like uh, the unassuming barber, you know. That's somebody was asking me about it. You know, there's a there's in our in our first uh, in our first uh band song Little Girls um the uh he plays a barber, you know. And oh, that's we, right in the music video. Yeah, so we, I, I, I'll, because I first thing I said was, you know, Steve's like a barber. You know, he's so unassuming. You know, you just like, well, let me cut your hair. Okay, great. And you go like, oh my god, my hair looks great. Yeah, I cut your hair pretty good. And no matter what you ask Steve to do, man, he just excels beyond belief and it's like steve i didn't know you could do that yeah i can do that yeah i can you know i didn't know you could orchestrate like oh yeah i can do that you know so get this nonchalant you know sense of self-esteem that you know <laughs> i see it as him being a, the kind barber it's okay little johnny it's all right we'll count out for you one two one two three one two one two one one two three you know <laughs> anyway that's yeah, every, everyone in the band, you know, my wife is our stage manager, Marie, and uh, she keeps it all nice and keeps all everybody in line <laughs> That's because I get really crazy and nuts sometimes, you know, I have stage fright, still do. Really? Yeah. Never would have expected that from you. Well, you know, you can't, you got to make it look easy. Very hard to make it look easy. <laughs> make it look very easy i think i've seen you guys as boingo and former members probably this upcoming weekend in salt lake will probably be my 30th time yeah every time i've seen you especially since uh former members you're out there just leading the charge looks like you're having a great time i i am i i just get you know i i'm responsible for everybody on stage and responsible for for so many things there so i have like my producer's hat my brain hat and and then my logistics hat then i then when i'm all done i get to just be johnny vatos and play my drums which is all i really want to do so <laughs> then i realize i go 
wait a minute, have I done enough to do that? You know, have, have I, am I ready to meet that again? You know, because you can't, there's no warming up, you know, it isn't like, well, I'll just go up and sing a couple of songs and take a break, have a drink. And, uh, you know, you got to hit the stage running and that's what I like to do. So do yeah, you, I, get, I get nervous about it. With you kind of being the band commander and in charge there, how is the set list decided? Is that up to you? Yeah. Yeah, it's up to me. It's it's I think of I think of people that have come to the show and then I think of um you know I, I want to play a bunch of deep cuts. I want to play all kinds of crazy stuff but people want to hear the hits. I remember just like about uh year before last I left out we closed our eyes and I almost got beat up. There were two drunk ladies at the coach house. You left out our son. Like, whoa, whoa, I'll never leave. We close our eyes out again. You know, because there are just certain songs people need to hear. And, and I appreciate that. That's why I like doing really long shows or doing two sets, being the only band. And that that's so sort of my kind of my kind of dream and I and my kind of fantasy is that we get a thousand people together and they all pay a hundred bucks and we go rent a place and we play like three hours long. That's awesome. Like two hours of just crazy, all the crazy stuff. We can't, we can't really, we don't really play. Then I'm sure Brendan knows and the band is like, the band is so good. I am so lucky. The band is so good. You know, I mean, I'm, the band is just an amazing group of musicians. They're absolutely the top of their game. They're, they're, they're amazing. And so it's such a great thing for me. You know, I have, I play the best DW drums, the Sabian cymbals, the best equipment. I mean, it's, it's, I, I'm like, it's very exciting. It's, it's great, man. <laughs> I think last time I saw you guys play back to back nights here in Salt Lake, it was almost like two different sets and the energy level was, I thought the energy level was off the charts the first night, but the second night you guys had like your full batteries going and it was just insane. That's how good the food is there. <laughs> once, once you get used to the breathing, then you really got a lot of energy. Well, I hope you have a ready guan in your writer as your meal. Oh yeah, actually we do. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. He always takes us there. It's so nice. We show up, go to the airport and before we go before we go to sound check we go to the ready guana nice <laughs> is it easy for you to get to get all the guys together to do the shows as i know or does it take some juggling because i know they're all kind of you guys all have other gigs or stuff on the side as well not just former members right you have to start planning you know like four or five weeks in advance six weeks and then uh, sometimes things change and you know it, it's hard it's it's because everyone's so busy you know, Steve's always busy orchestrating. John teaches um, and and plays with other bands, you know. And so everyone's doing all kinds of stuff all the time. Brendan lives up in Northern California, so he has to come down for uh, anymore. He doesn't live in the area anymore. So, uh, and Brian's, you know, he's playing with all these great musicians. So, yeah, it's a juggling match. Every time T-Bone and myself have seen you guys, you guys have been, it's been sold out. So that must be satisfying and kind of makes it worth it, I hope. Oh, it makes it really worth it. It 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 really makes it that the crowd the crowd is there and they like it and they 
It really does. It's a great, you know, I, like I said, you know, my nervousness is, you know, we used to have a joke back in the Boingo days. Well, how many walkaways did we have? <laughs> you know, because people would go like, what the heck is this? And they would just like walk away. We don't like that band. We don't want to listen to them. We came to hear Whitesnake or whatever, you know. Or, and um, so, yeah, walkaways. But I, I always have that kind of like nightmare. So, the, yeah, the beautiful crowd, Oingo Boingo, former members, tribe is really encouraging. And uh, people that really are concerned, you know, yeah, yeah make it all worthwhile. The one thing I was thrilled to discover, I think about 10 years ago, you did a little CD of like, I think it was Johnny Votto's Dance Party Boingo Hits right. and had a new song on there from Carl at the time. Get your head out of your ass. What? Where is your head today? Get your head out of your ass. Get your head out of your ass. You Where is your head today? Come on. Follow the money, then you'll know. Look up. Look around. Who's pulling your strings, Pinocchio? Look up. Not down. As part of the Carl Graves fan club here in Salt Lake, if we could put a request on for that song to be added to the set list. <laughs> okay. We we do a shortened version of it, but we'll do it. We'll do it awesome. for you up there. Awesome. And so I have to also ask, you kind of gave an, a, a brief update earlier, but you've been teasing a new album for the last, I think, since 2020. Right. Um, can you give us any update on how that album's coming, when we might expect sure. it? Sure. You know, I, it's, it's all going to be, I'm going to release it piecemeal next to beginning of next year. And and I'm glad that we didn't. I'm glad it worked out because I don't know if you saw this, but uh, there's a Nike commercial with weird science. There's a, for FIFA in 2022, they made a Nike commercial with all the best, uh, all the best soccer players, all these kids. I don't even know half of them. And they're, they're playing weird science. You're going to have to check it out. Pull up Nike commercial. So the song's kind of like taken off. So we're going to start our shows with it. And uh, it's, it's, uh, I'm glad that we didn't put ours out. That might have jeopardized that whole thing. <laughs> That's just the way the business works. But these, these, um, I think, I think I'm going to, I was going to re release the studio tracks. We have about eight studio tracks done already. And uh, a complete with uh, Sam's original tune, which has just turned out great. And uh, life is good. Life is good. That's really good. We'll be playing that too up in Salt Lake. Yeah, uh, it's it, uh, you can look for it at the be starting probably February. You know, I'll start. I'm, I want to start releasing a couple of tracks a month, so that way they'll lead up to our shows in May. That's that was the plan last time, but because of COVID and because of you know just logistics of the band change, you know, people moving and doing all kinds of stuff, and the availability of of because. Uh, availability of everyone's participation at any given moment is jeopardized by a lot of different things. How's that? <laughs> so sometimes you have to change on a dime and when there's no real money, that's the whole thing with the music business. It's, just, it's a whole nother business. The crowds are there. So that really helps pay for the band to be there. And 
And that's that's kind of it, you know, which is really great. It's real straight ahead, but uh, there 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 isn't. Um, I don't know of a record company that wants to. What's well? Let me let me hear those again. Everyone would love it, you know. Everyone, you know, all the fans would love it, and uh, people would love it. But you know that that is that is enough of an incentive for a, any kind of large record company to be involved with. There's a couple of small ones that I'm talking to and just, just to help put it out and get it out there, that would be totally fun. But right now I'm doing it all myself. So that's why it's kind of, kind of piecemealing it. I've never left an Oingo Boingo from former member show disappointed. You guys always exceed my expectations. I've been there from one of the craziest shows you guys did was I think March 13th of 2020. Right when the whole country was shutting down, and there was that kind of eerie vibe, and nobody knew what was going on. And oh my, that was the last show we played for almost two years. Yeah, that was an amazing, amazing moment in history we shared with Salt Lake. That was amazing. <laughs> it's then, so true. That was a great show. Yeah, and then when you guys came back here in May, two years later, it was kind of the clouds have lifted and there was a kind of a sigh of relief. And it was just a great, great way to celebrate getting out of that dark times. Yeah. So now we get to be naughty and nice together in Salt Lake. Looking forward to it. So with yeah. the show being, it's again, December 9th and 10th at Liquid Joe's. Um, I assume, is it going to be the same set list or we look, maybe going to have two different set lists for each night? Well, well, there's, there's, um, they're going to be, it's probably going to be the same set list for both nights. And um, we'll, we'll, we're going to try to throw in a couple of new ones for the second half. I mean, for the second night. So we'll do, we'll do a couple of three different ones. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They go by pretty quick. Yeah. It's great. Great time. Highly encourage any of our listeners to go out and check you guys out. Me and T-Bone have been talking you guys up at every local show throughout this podcast as a band we recommend like, all oh, these guys are still around. Yeah. Do not miss this show. Okay. So um, the requests are, are Carl's tunes. I think it was just Carl's tune on Saturday, especially on Saturday nights. We'll have, we'll have a little, his fan club there again for him this time. Oh, great. That's great. That's great. That'll be wonderful. Um, right, I'll, I'll let him know. I'll warn him. He <laughs> loves you guys. <laughs> yeah. Carl's great. We feel like he didn't get enough recognition. So those that haven't seen us, we'll be there Saturday night with the Carl Graves fan club again. Excellent. Excellent. Um, just to kind of wrap this up, got a couple other questions, but not really Boingo related. Sure. One I just found that I kind of found interesting in preparation for this interview. I read you're not really a horror or violent type of movie fan, but yet you did such an iconic performance in, in From Dust Till Dawn. <laughs> that was it was funny when I when I <clears throat> I came home and I and I uh, showed my kids the picture of me as the devil, you know, with the fangs and all that stuff. And they it it totally freaked them out. They're like, no. That's no you. You're the. That's the devil. And, he, and they they ran away. Yeah, that was a that was a that was an incredible movie. It was two and a half weeks of twenty topless chicks dancing on pool tables, and it was just an amazing amazing experience. And I thank Robert Rodriguez for for letting me be in his in his uh, movie. And Tito Tito La Riva from Tito and Tarantula and. Tito's from the Plugs and the Los Cruzados, and uh, Tito's a superstar in my brain. And uh, they opened up for Oingo Boingo at the Whiskey. 
the Crusaders. Oh. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so that was really fun. That was a great, great. But th- th- that's not as bad as some of them. D- Danny would, would, would just, Danny would watch his stuff on the bus that would make, ugh. I'd be like, no, I got to go look. I'd go to my bunk and put my head over, put the blanket over my head. You hear him back there screaming and, you know, people getting thrown against the wall. And so, and then I'm into Rammstein. So go figure, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So, and, and the last thing I found that was kind of interesting, they say that in the music business that you're going to make, that you know you've made it when Weird Al's done a version of one of your songs. He didn't necessarily do a straight up Boingo song, but I was kind of shocked to find out he did a song in the style of Boingo Boingo uh, called, I think it was called You Make Me. You make me want to slam my head against the wall. You make me do the limbo. You make me want to buy a Slurpee at the mall. You make me watch the gong show. There's really something kind of strange about you, baby, but I can't exactly seem to put my finger on it. You make me, you make me, you make me. That's what you do to me. That's got to be something for you guys as well as a compliment it's it was a great compliment my um i know i know al he's wonderful one one of my heroes and i know john schwartz his drummer who i've known for for years so bermuda and i are our old friends and he 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 told me he goes you ready for this we 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 did a parody on you we did a whole thing on you you got to check this out man is is it okay and i go that's great john I, i was honored it's it's an honor it is an honor and all night long, it was honor and offer. So, bad joke, bad joke. <laughs> you remember that one? That's so bad. I think it's from SCTV. He, he made her an offer. She honored his offer. And all night long, it was honor and offer. There you go. There you go. It's, that's your saucy joke for the day from Johnny Vatos. <laughs> Uh, well, Johnny, I can't I can't thank you enough for spending a few moments with us here on the podcast. We're look, really looking forward to your shows in Salt Lake, December 9th and 10th. If you haven't got tickets yet, what are you waiting for? Band's oh, yeah, you got to come out. It's it's so good. It's so exciting. You know, I I if I didn't need the money, I would give them make it a money back guarantee. But I'm telling you, it's it's worth it That because I, I don't like bands that sleep on stage. I don't like real mellow music when you. Hi, this is really big in uh, 1995. We like to do it for. I really, I just just drives me crazy. It's like, come on, man, the world's gonna blow up any minute. Let's just play, okay? Just get on with this. Let's party. And that's what you can look forward to at Liquid Joe's. <laughs> really looking forward to it. Looking forward to the new albums. Um, the videos you mentioned that they did at the Coach House in 360. I'll make sure we put a link form in our show description. Check those out if you haven't got a chance as well. Band is on fire. I think you could put a money back guarantee. You will not be disappointed seeing <laughs> Boingo former members. All right, man. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, everyone, for listening, taking the time. Thanks again, Johnny. Thanks again. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.